Today, I want to deal with the question, what is a real man? What is a real man? Because kids desperately need their dad, but they need their dad to be a real man who has a real heart for his kids. That is desperately needed today because, you see, we're living in a day when the hearts of so many of us fathers have turned toward things other than our kids. You know, we start out in life, and as guys, we've got dreams, and we've got passions, and we've got desires and goals, and we go after those things with everything in our hearts. And sometimes we leave our kids behind. Take a look at this scripture as we begin today. The Bible says, Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. This is a prophecy about what's going to happen in the end times. And I'm not going to unpack that entire scripture. There's a lot there. But I want you to look at the word restore. He will restore the hearts of the fathers toward the children. Something doesn't need to be restored unless it's been broken. There doesn't need to be a returning unless there's been a leaving. And that's what I want to pull out of this scripture. Many of our relationships with our kids have been broken. There has been a leaving of the fathers from their children in way too many homes. Many fathers have broken the hearts of their kids over and over again by leaving their kids to kind of just grow up on their own as they go off and pursue their own dreams. Even in lots of Christian homes here in America, the hearts of the fathers need to return to their children. And this scripture is talking about a day when that will happen. God will cause that to happen. But my question this morning is this. Why wait? Why let your children struggle in your absence? While we as fathers pursue the things of our heart's desires. Other than our children. Fathers, listen to me as we begin. There's a difference between being a male and being a real man. There's a difference. There's a difference between being a parent and a father. A real man is not measured by his muscles. A real man is measured by his moral backbone, by his moral integrity, by his moral character. There's a difference, men, between your reputation and your character. Your reputation is what people think you are. Your character is what your wife and your children and your God know you are. Amen? That's your character. Do you know that in a home where a father is really a follower of Jesus Christ, 75% of those children in that home also become followers of Jesus Christ? But did you also know in a home where the mother alone is a follower of Jesus... 
that only 23% of those children become followers of Jesus. Men, we need to understand that whether or not our children become followers of Jesus and citizens of heaven is a direct result of whether or not we are committed followers of Jesus Christ. But when it comes to moral character, some of us men are living in what I call Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5 is where God was getting ready to have the Israelites cross over from the desert into that promised land, that land of milk and honey and, and all kinds of blessings. We are living in a place where we're about to cross over into something great that God wants to give us men and our families like God was about to give them the promised land. But for us men and our families to cross over into God's blessings, like them, there are some things we've got to get rid of. Morally, we've got to get rid of. In their case, God said, men, you've got to get circumcised. Men, you've got to get rid of some flesh. Because in those days, that's how people knew that you were a follower of Jesus Christ that you were a follower of God. You've got to get rid of some flesh, indicating that you fully belong to me. God says that this is how people will know that you're fully set apart for me, that, that you're going to be my follower. You see, before men can cross over into the greatest blessings of God, there's some stuff that we've got to get rid of. There's some, there's some flesh that we've got to get rid of. There's some things that have to be cut off. And it might be as, as painful as cutting off your flesh in a real sensitive place. And all of God's men go, oh. Sometimes there's some stuff that's going to be painful for us to cut out of our lives. And I believe God has an unprecedented blessing planned for men, planned for families, but before men can cross over into those blessings, he needs for men. He needs for fathers. He needs for the leaders of his families in his church to be sanctified, to be made holy in his sight. There needs to be a cutting away of the fleshy things, of the worldly things, of the sinful things. So as we begin, write this down. A real man pursues spiritual purity. Spiritual purity. What, what God is saying to the men and fathers today is this. Some of you have been followers of God for years. Like those who were Israelites in the desert. They followed God for 40 years. But some of you, like those Israelites... In all of the years that you've been following God, you are still carrying around some flesh, some sin that you have never let God cut out of your life. Some of you have been carrying some things. Some of you have been getting by with some things. And yet God has continued to love you. He's continued to bless you. He's continued to give grace and forgiveness to you over and over again. But this new thing that God wants to bless you with, this new land that God wants you to cross over into, this next level God wants you to go to, requires a greater sanctification. 
It requires a setting apart of your whole life, your whole body, your whole being for him. God is saying, men, I want your eyes to be sanctified. Those things that you're looking at that you know you shouldn't look at, I want you to set apart your eyes for me. Men, I want you to set apart your heart for me. Your heart is those things that you love, those things you have affection for. Men, I want your heart to be set apart for me. Men, I want your minds to be sanctified. I want your hands to be sanctified. God is saying this morning, I don't want you just coming to church and getting in your seat as good as that is. He's saying, I don't want you to just kind of apathetically be the spiritual leader of your home. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. God is saying, I want some men to stand up. I want some men to get in the sanctification line. The circumcision line. The purity line. I want some men to stand up and cut off the fleshly things. The worldly things. The sinful things that you're still allowing to be carried around. Set yourself apart for me. Cut it off. And say, God, I am yours. And all of God's men said, Amen. And that's where we men need to be circumcised in our hidden parts. In our secret parts. God wants his men to be more than men of good reputation. He wants us to be men of godly character. God wants his men to not be measured by muscles. But by their moral character. And I believe that if our world knew some of us the way God knows us. Some of our reputations would crumble. Because they would see that the character we th- they thought was there is just not there. Men, we need to deal with those secret issues in the secret places. Because it's those things that will keep us from crossing over into those unprecedented blessings that God has for us and for our families. So a real man, first of all, gets real with God and says, God, purify me. I'm willing to cut it off, cut it out. A real man says, God, it's going to be hard and it's going to be hurt, but you can count on me. I'm setting aside myself for you. I'm yours, God. Second, a real man says, I'm going to pursue spiritual leadership. A real man says, I'm going to take those things that God is teaching me. I'm going to be a model of the purity that that God's working in me. And I'm going to lead my children. I'm going to lead my children to God. In Ezekiel chapter 9, I'm not going to read it, it's too long. It talks about a rampant wickedness in the city of God, in the city of Jerusalem that was going on. And it talks about God sending forces to invade Jerusalem to slay everyone for the sinful, detestable things that they were doing. Ezekiel 9, you can go and read it. But before the invasion took place, God told an angel, listen to this, He told an angel to take an ink horn, an instrument filled with ink. And God says, put a mark on the forehead of every man who will cry out for the sins of his children. God says, if you find a man who will carry a burden for his family, mark him with the ink and that family will be spared. God was saying, if I can't find a man 
in a home that will carry a burden for the sins of his children, a burden for the salvation of his children, then I'm going to let death come to that home. Death come to that family. If that man doesn't want to follow me, if he doesn't care that his kids follow me, if he doesn't care if his wife follows me, if they just want to live in sin, I'm going to turn them over and let the, let the death angel take them. They can just have them. Now listen, man, we are living in a time not when a physical army is coming against our family, but there's a spiritual army coming after our families. There is a devourer that's coming after your wife, after you, and after your children. Today, Satan himself is turning up the heat. I've never seen a time quite like this. I've never heard the stories in counseling quite like this. Satan is turning up the heat, and he's coming after you, men. And he's coming after your wife, and he's coming after your children. There used to be a day when, men, you could drive your kids to church. You could do a pretty good job of, of parenting. You could leave the spiritual training to your wife and the Bible reading and the praying to your wife. And most of your family would decide to follow Christ. And you could, as a man, you could just kind of coast spiritually. But mark my word, those days are over. They're gone. We are living in a time when Satan is coming after you and your family with bigger and better weapons than ever before. And God is saying, if there is not a man in that home that cares whether or not his family gets to cross over into the promised land, if there is not a man, a father in that home that cries out to me for the salvation of his kids, then I will let the devourer have his way with them. If they want to live in sin, we'll let them live in sin. Men, the stats are pretty true. Your children will not cross over into heaven unless you lead them there. Some will find their way there without a father in the home. Some of you are single moms. You need to get your kids next to a godly man. And, and, and we just pray and just trust and do everything we can to get them there. But I'm telling you, men have an impact on their family like nobody else. Men, your children will not overcome what Satan brings against them unless you show them how to do spiritual battle. Now listen, no pastor is to be the spiritual leader of your home. You are. No pastor has been given the authority to be the protector of your home. You are. We're living in a time when Satan's coming after your family and God is marking the homes that Satan cannot touch. So where there is a dad, where there is a father, where there is a real man of God, one that is sanctified, set apart, one that is pure in the sight of God, one that is crying out for the salvation of his family, one that is praying for his kids. One that is teaching his kids. One that is modeling a Christ-like life for his kids. One that is getting them next to the things of God. A dad that's getting them next to the people of God. That household will be saved. Dads, we make sure our kids get next to the people who can coach them in the things of the world. Whether it's sports or music or academic tutoring 
or dance. We get our kids the coaching that they need, the tutoring that they need. But are you getting them next to the people who can coach them in the things of God? You know, one of the best things my parents did for me spiritually was to get me next to a Youth for Christ director named Jim. And I've talked about him before. They got me next to a man of God who pulled me into musical things, who pulled me into leadership responsibilities. And because of what he taught me and the leaders around him taught me, it held me steady all the way through junior high and all the way through high school. The things I learned from them kept me stable all the way through college. And only when I began raising my kids did I realize the sacrifices my parents made to get me next to the people of God, next to godly people that could coach me. Sacrifices of time before I could drive. They would take all of this time to drive me 30, 40, 50 miles one way to be a part of Youth for Christ events. And they would stay through the whole event. And then they would drive me all the way back home. When I began to drive, I didn't have money to go do all of those things. But Dad would say, Larry, won't you pull your car up to the farm gas tank and fill up your car and make sure you got enough gas to get there and get home. Never charged me a thing. You know... They made time and financial sacrifices to help me get stable in Christ. I want to ask you men, who are you putting your kids next to? Who are you getting them next to that can coach them in the things of Christ? Father, it's time for you to cry out to God for your family saying, God, sanctify me so I can show my family how to live for you. God, sanctify me so I can lead my family safely to you. God wants to raise up some real men. Men who will set real boundaries in their lives. Boundaries that they won't cross because they said, God says no. And I've set my part, myself apart for my God. And I will not cross that boundary. Real men set real boundaries. Real men care about their kids and lead their kids into spiritual things. So the question is, where are the men of God today who will stand up for their family? Who will stand against what Satan wants to do in their family? Too many men care more about their golf score and how much they can lift than they do their kids. Too many fathers care and, and know more about their golfing buddies' lives and, and their lifting buddies' lives and their workout buddies' lives than they do about their own kids. As a dad, do you even know the songs your kids are listening to? Do you know the names of the top songs of the charts today that your kids are probably downloading and listening to? Two of the top songs today are called, I'm Sexy and I Know It. And I'm in love with a stripper. But do you even know those things? Do you know that they might be listening to that stuff? Is that okay with you? We think being a real man has to do with muscles and skills. And the Bible tells us that David had some men like that. Men with muscles and skills. He called them his mighty men. And they would go and do battles for King David. And one of his mighty men killed 800 men in just one battle. 
And we would look at that guy and we'd say, that's a real man. But did you know that when that same mighty man came home from the battle and saw his kids running wild, saw his wife not interested in spiritual things, saw his marriage falling apart, that that mighty man fell to the ground and began to cry, and he cried out to God for his family in prayer. That same man with muscles and skills was a real man of God. Listen, to be manly is to be godly. To be manly is to be leading your kids to be godly. So a real man, first of all, he gets right with God on the inside. He becomes pure. He becomes set apart, sanctified for God. And then he goes and he, as a man of God, begins to lead his family to God. He gets them next to people of God. But a real man also pursues, write this down, spiritual maturity. He pursues becoming a mature man of God. Paul writes about that. Paul says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, look at this, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Now, in that scripture, there are two whens. The when of childhood and the when of manhood. It is time for some of us fathers who are kind of stuck in a protracted, prolonged childhood to move on to the next when. Maybe some of you need to move on to manhood and start talking and thinking and acting like a real man. Far too often, we men are nothing more than, than boys in men's bodies. We don't want to grow up. We don't want to stop playing with our stuff. Our bodies have changed, but our behavior hasn't. Our bodies have matured, but our character hasn't. God is saying to us men this morning, it's time for us to act like real men. And it's the same spiritually. Far too often as men, we act like children spiritually. Once again, our bodies have grown, our bodies have matured, but our faith haven't. We've prayed the prayer, we've prayed to ask Christ into our lives and forgive us of our sins, but many of us have stopped there. Our faith hasn't grown. We haven't matured in Christ. But just as there are physical changes when you move from childhood to manhood, there ought to be spiritual changes. People ought to look at you a year from now and say, he has a bigger faith than last year. He has moved on. He's grown up. He has a bigger dedication to God. He has a bigger prayer life. He has a bigger heart for the hurting, the homeless, the hungry. He's got a bigger generosity to the work of God. Look at that man serve. He's moved on to manhood. He no longer goes where people take him like a child does. No, he goes where he knows he should go. He no longer does what he feels like he ought to do or wants to do like a child does. No, he does what he knows he should do. He no longer just follows his wife and children to church. No, he takes his family to church. People ought to be able to say about you, there is a real man. 
He has moved from childhood to manhood. He has matured spiritually. And men, your children ought to see daddy and your great-grandchildren and your grandchildren ought to see daddy and great-granddaddy praying. They ought to see you serving. They ought to see you using your gifts for God. They ought to see you at the table with an open Bible. They ought to see you leading them in prayer at their bedside. They ought to see you leading them to worship God every week at church. They ought to see you writing out a check and folding it over and putting it in an envelope and putting it in the offering plate. And they ought to see you giving generous tithes and offerings. Some of you are still as men refusing to obey God in that. Some of you daddies need to man up and start leading your children to God. Because listen, Satan is coming after them. And God is the only one who can deliver them. Now listen really close. There comes a period of time when your children will no longer listen to you. Any dads want to say, yeah, I'm there. (laughs) There comes a period of time when your children are out of the house and they're not under the protection of you. But if you have given them a heart for God, when the devourer comes after your babies, they will know to turn to God. And God, their almighty heavenly Father, will deliver them. And all of God's men said, Amen. Amen. God needs us men to move on to manhood and become mature, godly fathers. We've got to disconnect from childhood and we've got to connect with manhood. Paul says, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Now notice that he didn't say that God took away his childish ways. God didn't do it. Paul made a decision to put childish things behind him. He made a decision to man up, to grow up, to move on, and to mature in Jesus Christ. Men, we got to make the decision that I'm going to grow up and be the man of God that God's called me to be. I'm going to grow up and be the spiritual leader of my family. I see a lot of men building muscle. And doing all kinds of things that makes them feel like a man. But yet you ask them to pray in front of their kids. Well, I don't know how to do that. I let my wife do that. Man, it's time to man up and be men of God. You know, when I was a child, I was always around animals on the farm. And one Christmas, I got up way too early. And I saw, not Santa Claus, but my dad uh, putting together a farm set for me. It was a metal barn. And it had plastic fences and little plastic chickens and plastic horses and cows and all those kind of things. Kind of a Barbie, like a Barbie house for girls, but this was for boys. Okay? And so here's this, here's this little farm set. And man, I played with that thing and I played with that thing. And being on the farm, I heard animals all the time. So I began to, to imitate the animal sounds. I would imitate the chicken. You know, do that. I'd imitate the cows. I'd go, you know. And I just make all of those noises, and I just had a blast. And my parents thought it was so cute that I'd imitate all those things. And my little girls, when I would read them storybooks about animals, they thought it was so cool that Dad could kind of make animal noises. But if you were riding down the road in the car with me, and I started to go, say, what is up with you? When are you going to grow up and put some childish things behind you? (laughs) 
There comes a time where we've got to decide to move on. To move on to manhood. And maybe some of you are still doing those childish things. Maybe some of you are still getting angry and putting your fist through the sheetrock. When you were a child, you could act like a child. But it's time, men, to move on and to act like real men of God. It is time to grow up and completely turn your heart toward God and toward your kids. Your kids will need your help. They'll need your guidance. They'll need your example. They'll need your support. They'll need your prayers. They need you to lead them. And I've noticed that that doesn't change. No matter how old you get, no matter how old I got, I needed my dad's prayers and I needed my dad's counsel. And even though my son is our oldest and he's out of the house, now he needs me to pray for him and he's calling me for counsel on various things. You you see, we need our dads to lead us. And as long as we can have them here, it's a blessing. We need to lead our kids. Now, this morning, I'd like to talk a little bit about, as I close, about the difference between moms and dads. Difference between men and women. And this is, this is scientific proof, so hang on. Did you know that a woman carries two X chromosomes? And a man carries, though, an X and a Y chromosome. Now, if the male's X chromosome makes it to a female's egg and it unites with her two X chromosomes, XXX, a female is conceived. But if the male's Y chromosome makes it to the female's egg and it unites with her two X chromosomes, a male child is conceived. That's amazing. Now, have you ever wondered how come the man produces over 10 million sperm cells and only one of them makes it to the egg? Ever wondered why? Because men never ask for directions. (laughs) <laughs> Those other guys are just going everywhere. They, they're, they're lost somewhere. They're just floating around lost. But the point I want to make is this. A woman does not have the ability to decide the identity of the child. It is the male that gives the identity to the child. And if that is true physically, think about our role as fathers to emotionally Give an identity to our children. No one can speak into the life of children like a godly man can. I've watched it in families. I've watched it in our classrooms. We've had men teach third and fourth grade and fifth and sixth grade. I've watched their influence upon those children. I've watched it on the sports fields. No one can influence our children like a real godly man can. But lots of children have never been told by a godly man or a godly father who they are. They've never been told what gifts they see in them. They've never been told what they could grow up and do and be in life. They've never had a godly man like we tried to tell our children. You are a Mendenhall. You follow Christ. We worship God This is what we see in you. This is what you could do with that. This is who you could be. They had an identity. But lots of kids have no identity. They don't know who they are and who they belong to. 
And so they get out in life and they go looking for something to belong to, something to identify with. And often Satan comes along at that moment and he asks them to identify with the very things that will destroy them. Men, we've got to lead them. We've got to help them know who they are and who they belong to. There's some other differences between men and women, moms and dads. Women, you've just got a better immune system than we men. Women, you know, science says are going to outlive us men by eight years. Women, I've noticed, endure pain better than men. I got sick this last Thursday. I had the chills. I had the fever. I was hunched over. And I was just saying, surely I'm going to die. I had a blanket over my shoulders. And I'm walking, surely I'm going to die. You know, I had this little fever. Probably was 100.1. I don't know what it was. Surely I'm going to die. And I just let her know. And she gets so ticked at me because I'm going to die. You know, but then surely can be dying and nobody knows about it. Women endure pain far better than men. And he made you to be that way so you can keep up with your kids who are sick. Men have a million more blood cells in every little drop of blood than women. And those red blood cells, that's what gives men muscular strength. Men have heavier bones than women. Our skulls are thicker. How many of you women already knew that? (laughs) Our brains are wired differently. In conception, our brains look the same. But after a few days, a chemical called testosterone is released in the male child. That chemical hits the brain and destroys the connecting fibers between the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. That chemical never flows through a woman's body. So a woman's brain stays fully connected. The male's brain is not connected. And actually, the medical science says that the left side of the brain actually even shrinks. How many of you women knew that your man had brain damage? (laughs) Men, because of that, think mostly out of the left side of the brain most of the time. And that left side of the brain is is where it comes from this thing of wanting to conquer, this thing of wanting to reach goals. That's why men, when, when they... Take their family on vacation. Dad is not just going on a vacation. He's going to conquer 600 miles to your vacation destination. And he's got a goal. He's got a time limit. The limits are set. Daddy, can I go to the bathroom? No. We've got 600 miles to go. We're 10 minutes behind. Daddy, daddy, I really got to go. No. Hold it. I was never so frustrated when he moved our son and his family back to California. We had been going and going and making great time, and we were right on schedule. And those two little grand girls had to go to the bathroom three times within the same hour. <laughs> Drove me nuts. I wasn't conquering. Now listen, God made moms and dads different for a reason. As great and as gifted As nurturing as mothers are, as needed as mothers are, what is needed in our homes like never before are strong, mature fathers. Fathers who will turn their hearts back to their children. 
So many fathers today are so self-focused, so uninvolved, so lethargic that Satan has no trouble luring their kids into things that will destroy them. Your kids need a mature example to lead them. Listen, men, there's more to being a man than having a zipper on your pants. God has called you to be a real man. God has called you to step up and be a spiritual man, a pure man, a man who leads. There's more to being a father than having a child in your house. A real man says, God, purify me. Whatever it takes, God, purify me. A real man says, I'm then going to lead my family to my God. And a real man says, I'm going to grow up even though I don't want to grow up with every fiber that's in my left brain that's still left there. I don't want to grow up. I'm going to move on to manhood. It's not about muscles, men. It's about becoming a real man, a godly man, and a father who turns his heart to his children. Your kids need you. They need you, Dad. Don't pursue all things other and turn away from your kids. Would you bow your head with me? Dads, I'd like you to think about making this commitment through prayer with me, a commitment that I have made. Would you just pray this in your heart as I pray it? And let's let Canyon Hills be a church where dads are moving on to the next level. It goes like this. Father, by your power, cut off that thing that is not pure in my life. Sanctify me. By your power, turn my heart back to my family. Help me cry out for their salvation and protection. By your power, help me leave behind childish things. Help me to move on to maturity. God, help me be a real man in your eyes. Help me be a real father to my children. Father God, right now, I just ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you bless every man here. Some are not yet fathers. Some are new fathers. Some are grandfathers. Some are great-grandfathers. I pray that you would pour your blessing about upon each one of us. And let us have an impact beyond what we ever imagined upon our children. Bless us now, I pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's church said, Amen. Amen.